From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Douglas here, along with Elaine Harlan, our producer and co-host. And Elaine, uh, what, you know, God brings great people into our mm-hmm. lives. And and uh, one of the, the people he's brought into our lives has just been a joy to get to know. And, and uh, a great appreciation of the calling God has given him is Pastor John Saunders with... Yes. Rolling Thunder Ministry, yeah. when Pastor John, we're going to talk to you in a couple minutes about that, and just uh, uh, find, put, pick the hood up, look underneath, and, mm. and see what God is doing, because <laughs> I'll tell you, it's, it's exciting when you when you just see the real stuff happening out yes, there, and and uh, so we'll, uh, we'll introduce you to Pastor John in just a moment. Uh, right now, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with the kind of formula for Jesus freaks. Expect trials. Rejoice in suffering. Share in Christ's glory. Here's how the Apostle Peter put it in 1 Peter 4.12 and 13. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going to go through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, because these trials will make you partners with Christ in His suffering, and afterward, you will have the wonderful joy of sharing His glory when it is displayed to all the world. So like Peter, do you have what it takes to be a Jesus freak? Are you a Jesus freak? For creative ways you can partner with the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. And back with you here on Lighthouse Live. Just a reminder, friends, if you'd like information on how you can get out of the four walls of your church and home and uh, connect with the needs of your neighbors in response to Christ's command to love your neighbor as yourself, we invite you to check our website. It's www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. Click on the little red flashing icon thing, and it will take you right to our daily update page. And Elaine updates that several times a day, and again, always new opportunities to uh, to serve there. By the way, I want to thank uh, those of you who listen globally yes. to Lighthouse Live. In fact, there's a, a new listener we found out uh, in Kiev. You know, and uh, in Russia, oh. I mean, welcome. Yes. And, of course, uh, regular listeners in Israel and uh, quite a few in Germany. Bangkok. Now. And Bangkok. Yes. how about that? Bangkok was <laughs> added uh, this uh, last week or two. It's just a joy that, uh, that you're with us. We thank you so much for uh, joining us and just celebrating uh, how Christ is working uh, out in the neighborhoods and and uh, meeting people at their points of need. And, you know, we were talking about that just uh, before the program today, that, you know, there are, there are ways to minister, and then there are 
ways to minister where you just don't know, where the tragedy is just too great, and you say, okay, God, I'm just going to be your ambassador here. Uh, Lord, you just do whatever you're going to do through me. And, you know, powerful things happen when you go through a surrender uh, like that. And, And, friends, we guarantee that there are those opportunities right in your own neighborhood, whether it might be an elderly person, a shut-in, who's abandoned by their families, who just needs someone to visit. Could be a single mom just uh, needing a a meal cooked once. Of course, she wouldn't want my cooking. Well, we uh, won't. No, we want her to survive, you know, but some of you are much better. You know, if you can put on a barbecue, I can do it. There you are. You know, but it's tough. You know, the little macaroni things fall through the slats there, so I don't don't quite master that one yet. But, yeah. Where was I going? I'm not sure. I don't know. Oh, opportunities to serve. So I won't, I won't do the cooking, but, uh, some of you might want to do that for, now there's just a whole myriad of things, old, old, uh, uh, myriad of needs out there, and it's a great way to uh, be Christ to those who are hurting and, and so much uh, need you. Speaking of, uh, hurting and needing Christ, let's check in with Brad Dacus about this latest judicial faux pas. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. A little-noticed California Court of Appeals decision last week found that there is no legal right to homeschool children. This ignoring of Supreme Court-supported rights of parents to control their children's education is dangerous. This ruling subjects homeschooling parents to criminal sanctions unless those parents are state-credentialed. Well, it could also require violating parents to undergo parenting and counseling programs. This is a direct assault on parental rights at all levels. The Pacific Justice Institute will do all in its power to see that the rights of parents to educate their own children is preserved and protected. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. You know, friends, and we ask you to be uh, in, in prayer over this. You know, I, um, I, I hate being contentious and, and um, demanding, but, you know, there, there comes a point when you got to stand up for justice. Mm-hmm. And, and, when the, and, and, again, I, you know, I worked for government for many, many years, and there are things that government does well, believe it or not. There really are. Um, but parenting your children is not what government does best. And I'm, I'm really worried about this, uh, this latest trend, and, and I ask you to keep in prayer uh, about that and, and let people know what you think. Again, at Advancing Vibrant Communities, we're all about connecting people with opportunities to serve, but there are times when, when some issues come up, and I just think, you know, when the state begins to take over the parents' role, uh, to me, that gets kind of scary. So uh, keep that in prayer, and you do what God ever tells you to do. That's right. right. And it's time to take a look at the Volunteer Center of the United Way. Time to take a look at those opportunities to get involved. Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, March 23rd, where you can get involved in holiday fun with the United Samaritans Foundation Daily Bread Ministries. Volunteers are needed to boil 1,500 eggs. Can you imagine? That's a lot of eggs. I can boil eggs. Can you do do that without cracking them and making them? Yeah, all right. Well, we'll see. 
about that. Wednesday, March 19th, where you can fill Easter bags and eggs and candies on Friday, March 21st at 10 a.m. on both days in the Turlock site. And these special treats will be included in the holiday lunches to be distributed on March 21st at all sites as well. Donations of individually wrapped candy on March 20th is greatly appreciated. Volunteers are always needed to help out with meal preparation and distributing meals uh, from the United Samaritans lunch trucks and general cleanup at Houston, Modesto, and Turlock sites or helping out with the closed closet at the Turlock site also. Now, the United Samaritans Foundation Daily Bread Ministries providing hot meals uh, or bag lunches to the needy of Stanislaw County weekdays from its kitchens in Houston, Modesto, and Turlock. Great ministry. Great, yeah, great awesome. ministry. You bet. Uh, volunteers also needed at noon, uh, at the noon, <laughs> noon, nonprofit organization. Maybe Starts noon with time. an N. Hey, it might be a noon N-O, time. You yes. just never yep. know. Uh, yep. And this is run entirely by their volunteers. The Carousel Therapeutic Writing. Uh, you can share your love of horses with disabled children and adults. Volunteers ages 13 years and up are needed to commit to a couple of hours a week to work with and help out riders during the therapy sessions. Now, volunteers walk uh, the arena beside the riders who are on horseback and also help to lead the horses, play games with the riders, and groom them. And, and of course, prior experience with horses, they say, is not a prerequisite, uh, and training is provided for the volunteers uh, One-hour sessions are held on Wednesdays of the week and Thursday evenings uh, between 4.30 and 8.30. Care Ocell, I kind of like that name. Mm-hmm. It's a nonprofit, once again, corporation. And this was organized back in 1986. They introduced horseback riding as therapy and recreation to children with special needs. This is awesome, I think. Uh, it's uh, in the community and is an accredited operating center uh, and a member of the North American Riding for the Handicapped Association. You just might find, dear friends, that sharing the love of Christ goes right along with all these other opportunities, whether it's horses or boiling eggs or, like this one, reading works uh, with the adult literacy program. Uh, Did you know that over 1,000 or 46% of Stanislaw County adults are in the two lowest levels of literacy and are considered functionally uh, illiterate. Well, you can change a person's life by opening doors through reading. And this is just, once again, another opportunity to reach out and touch someone's mm-hmm. lives and make those uh, all-important relationships that we speak of. Volunteers ages 16 years and older spend a couple of hours a week increasing a student's basic reading skills, utilizing an easy-to-follow phonics-based curriculum. Uh, reading Works is providing a tutor orientation. You might want to jot this down and remember this one. Uh, Wednesday, April 9th, from 6.30 to 7.30 at Modesto Library Downstairs Auditorium, and that's followed up by a tutor training on Saturday, April 12th, from 10 in the morning until 4, and that takes place at the United Way, uh, and deadline on this uh, to register is Monday, April 7th. So if you have any questions on any of these opportunities, please feel free to call Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307. Uh, extension 113, again, 209-524-1307, extension 113. You know, talking about uh, illiteracy, mm-hmm. and, and there was a stat, I don't know how good it is now, it's probably a few years old, but at that time they estimated that 46% of Americans cannot read the instructions on their prescription bottle. Oh, that's scary. That's oh, dangerous. Yes. It, it, half, half of America, almost half, cannot read the instructions on their prescription bottles. I mean, that... That's life and death type stuff. So, uh, 
you know, friends, uh, if, if you have the opportunity to, to help someone learn how to read and and uh, help them with that, uh, why we, we certainly uh, encourage you to do that. And also, what a great way to be Christ to them. Open up a whole Indeed, new world. Indeed, you know, they'll start reading the Bible pretty soon, and you just never know what uh, what that might open up for them. And this week, it is such a blessing to welcome our dear brother, Pastor John Sanders of Rolling Thunder Ministries to Lighthouse Life. And the name, Rolling Thunder Ministries, that has to make us curious. Where did that name come from? Well, actually, it it, it, uh, it came from the Lord. I mm-hmm. be, Before I became a, which, if you will, nonprofit legal church, mm-hmm. and before I was ordained as a minister, I was trying to do a lot of witnessing. And I... At the time, I was off work, not working with injuries. I was in a bad wreck. But anyway, no income. But I wanted to go out and witness. I needed tracks. I needed materials. Mm-hmm. And when I every time I'd find a company that said it was free, and it was, I'd get down to you had to be associated with an organization. And after several weeks of that, I just one middle of the night one night, I found another site, same thing. If you can be associated with someone, you can get the tracks. Mm-hmm. Lord just spoke in my spirit and said, Put down Rolling Thunder Ministries. And it's been that ever since. A unique congregation you have. Tell us all about it. We are unique. We meet every Sunday uh, for those of Modesto in Beardbrook Park. We meet down there about 9 o'clock from 9 to 11. We play softball and volleyball, frisbee, football, whatever. Just different things. Just have fellowship for a couple of hours. Then we have worship, of course, and services. And uh, then we feed after. There's always a meal after. Uh, we spend about six hours, five, six hours together every Sunday. I, I love that. I don't know of other churches that spend that much time together on Sunday with that much fellowship. But it, it's, it is unique. It is different. We have no light bills. You know? <laughs> no buildings. No, no buildings. Yeah, you know, there's, there's no some rent. wisdom to that. Oh, <laughs> there is. There is. <laughs> You know, and you go back to the the first churches, and you look at Acts, and I would imagine that uh, those folks, when they got together, hung together for hours. I would guess. Oh, they did. I mean, I they, think they, that they, that they that was Christ's idea, you know. And and uh, so, really, I, I think what we've got here is is God's original plan for doing church together. Well, you know. It, Interesting you say that. I, I did a study. I wanted to prove out of the Bible that Jesus was here. He was alive. He existed. He did, you know, the whole story. And in doing that, I came across old Roman and Greek historians, and they just record facts. That's what a historian does. And there were mentions throughout of these Christian people. And it talks about how they would meet before dawn, mm. before sunrise. It's early, they... Pastor Mike. For... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. We won't go there. I'm sorry. Go Continue, ahead. Pastor John. <laughs> the way it used to be, the calling back then was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that easier, Pastor? But they would they would meet. And not just the pastors, the whole the church, if you will, the the people would right. come together what before if they had coffee or no Starbucks back then, right? No. <laughs> well, they still had the Sabbath rules. They would cook everything the day before, yeah. so the food was already prepared mm. for the Sabbath. But they would meet before dawn, and there were hours of prayer and worship. Mm -hmm. And then there was a short word. I found two references where it said there was a short word, almost inferring 30 minutes or so. And then there was uh, a few more hours of prayer and worship, and then they all ate together. I think Paul talks about how when they used to do that, but some of the people that were wealthy, 
came with much food were even getting intoxicated. Mm. And those who were poor kind of went without. I, you, I, I think Paul was talked about, kind of watch that. Don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't do that kind of thing. Eat at home, mm-hmm. so everyone has to share. Right. But uh, yeah, the original church was not unlike what we do in in many ways. You know, and and I think that's one of the things that, that we lack today mm-hmm. in our our Americanized version yeah. of, of of doing church together and being the body. We we often aren't aren't a body. You know, we, 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 we show up on Sunday or Saturday night or Wednesday or whenever it might be, and we check in and, and you know, we kind of do the same thing for an hour, hour and a half, and we say goodbye and, and, and we're gone. And, and really these, and, and even our, our, our preaching, you know, if you, if you go back and look at the, uh, look at the, uh, the, the priesthood, you, you look back at the, the Levites, you look back at many of the rabbis and the teachers there was a lot of give and take going on, yeah. you know, that we don't have today. And, and it's not, I'm not, please, I'm not saying that preaching isn't good. It is. We need, we need to uh, uh, unfold the word. But uh, that, I think that, that essence of iron sharpening iron and give and take and, you know, taking some scripture and discussing it together is something that we've, we've kind of lost in our culture. And it I sounds agree. like it's happening right in the park. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, they're missing out then if they, you know, iron sharpening iron takes time. Mm-hmm. So if you don't spend the time, yeah. you don't get sharpened. Oh, and or you can't sharpen however it works. But I do think they're missing out. And I, I, uh, I you're, as you were speaking, it comes back to the two greatest commandments for me. Mm. If you love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, yes. and all of your mind, you're going to spend time together. And the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, you're speaking of You have to spend time with them. How can you have a relationship? A relationship in the sense of its word means you have to spend time together. You can't have a relationship if there's no time spent with one another. And I, and I think that's where the churches are missing out on so many things. They're wonderful people. I'm not knocking it. I no, just, absolutely. I'm just saying there is more. Mm. And they're not receiving it because they're not meeting the two greatest commandments. Matthew 22, you guys use this quite a bit. Mm -hmm. God has impressed on me over the last year. And in looking back over uh, of all the different teachings and things that I've done, everything leads back to Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Mm -hmm. Everything. Mm -hmm. You can have all the commandments in the world you want, but if you truly love God, and your neighbor is yourself, the other ones you don't have to worry about. They're just going to happen anyway. They'll flow out of that. They will. Yeah. They will. Yeah. 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 They, they yeah. will. Yeah. I had an older man tell me one time, I don't read the Bible. I don't care about what it says you can't do. I just love God and my neighbor, and I don't have to worry about the rest. It just, it just you know, I just do those things and find that I'm okay. <laughs> what wisdom, and it's true. But we are missing out. You know, it's, it's not... Uh, is it okay if I speak about this? Absolutely. Oh, please yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. I, uh, in studying those verses, because it uh, meant so much to me, and I, maybe I should back way up if it's okay. Sure. Um, I came to the Lord about seven years ago, roughly, shortly after I came to the Lord, and I can work the park into this too, because several things were happening at once. The Lord put an immediate desire in my heart to go to the park, 
and I'm and it was Beardbrook specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Never been there. Mm-hmm. I drove past it, uh, going to work at Gallo. You know, I worked just across the mm-hmm. the creek there, so to speak. Um, and when I shared this with a couple of the Christian men I knew at work, they said, "Oh no, don't go there. That is the worst, you know, park." And other men that knew of that park, that's the number one uh, heroin dealing park, and on and on. Anyway, a lot of perverse sexual things going off out in the woods. And uh, but anyhow, uh, and I had been praying to God because I wanted to do whatever God wanted. Oh, just you know, Christians are crazy. We should never <laughs> lose. That crazy yeah, zeal right. to seek God and, and to, to do his will, you know. But but I was, and I knew I had this desire to go to the park, yet I'm seeking God. And I thankfully I lived in the country all by myself because when I cried out to God, I really mm. cried. People would have thought I was crazy if I had neighbors, I'm sure. But, but, I, but uh, in my crying out to God, it went on for about three weeks. Oh, God, I, what is your will? What is your will, you know? And one day, it was the only time God ever said my name. And he spoke, and it was scary, actually. Mm. Uh, But he said, John, one thing is certain. I can't change your direction if you're standing still. Mm. Do something. Mm. And I knew exactly what he meant. Go to the park. (laughs) So I did. I got some little Bibles, handout Bibles, went to the park. And it started from there. It slowly turned into just having 10 or 12 people praying for them every Sunday to wear a little word. And then now it's grown into its own church. Um, But about three or four months after I came reconciled with the Lord, I walked away from the Lord for 30 years. But anyway, when I came back, recommitted my life, I came across the Matthew 22, 37 through 40. And when I saw that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and with all of your soul, uh, this is a first and great commandment. Well, a commandment, you talked about prescriptions. You know, uh, we need, well, commandment is nothing but a divine prescription. It's not the medicine. It's the directions how to take it. And you say people can't read to even know how to take the prescription, and that's dangerous even to death. Mm. Think about the people that can't read Mm. the Bible. That is literally dangerous unto eternal death. If you can't read the rules, how do you know what to do? But in studying that, I I saw the word shout. I I study from King James. I have several other versions, but that's the only one I study from. Um, Anyway, a couple of versions. One said shall. I looked up that word in the dictionary, and it means it likened it as to should something you should do and that's nice you know should do this thing you should love god you should love your neighbor uh and and one version left it out altogether it didn't say shall or shalt it just said and jesus said love the lord your god and jesus said you know love your neighbor as yourself with some research i found that the word shout in its original meaning was to imply and this is what it really means it means as a matter of consequence Oh, that brings new meaning. <laughs> <It's> consequences. <laughs> you shall, as a matter of consequence, love the Lord your God. You shall, as a matter of consequence, love your neighbor as yourself. There's consequences with that word. It's very, very heavy. It's two greatest things we can do. But when I read that, I realized, God, I don't love you. I don't, mm. I don't even know how. Mm. You're God. 
How do I love a God? I came from a biker background, fighting underground for several years, martial arts and mm. loving my brother wasn't my thing. I mean, I had buddies I hung out with and got high with, but it wasn't love. You know what I mean. Throwing them around, maybe, right? Well, some. <laughs> <laughs> they were your friends, you know. You, you'd but I... Uh, and I just, I was very frank with God. I, I, I went to prayer and I said, God, I, I don't know how to love you. I don't even know how to love my neighbor. Mm. Not in the way you mean it, because for most of my life, if I said I loved you, that meant in some reference, sexual. Mm. Y- you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's what I knew. That's all. I, that's where I was at. Sure. That's just where I was at in life and with the Lord. Mm-hmm. But he honored that. He honored my honesty. It's not like I hid it from him anyway. He already knew it. He knew it. Oh, of course. Of course. Mm -hmm. But I sought God. Mm -hmm. How do I do this? How do I? Because I'm honest. I didn't know. I didn't know how. And I thought, well, I'll start with loving my neighbors myself. Well, one day I worked graveyard driving home from work. I needed to get gas. And I told Jesus, I said, you know, I don't know how to love my brother as myself, at least as you mean it in the Bible. I don't even know what it means. But I know how I love my sisters. So I'm just going to treat everybody in this gas station the way I would as if I just met my sisters after not seeing them for a while. Mm. You, you know what I mean? I can relate to that. But I told the Lord, I said, but I'm not hugging no dudes. That's <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> uh, how I've changed. <laughs> yes. but, uh, so I go in there and I did. Uh, one man with... Uh, I actually spent some time with two men, a young man, a gangbanger. He came in, you know, the walk and the tough and the, how hard they are. Within just a minute or two, we're just two guys talking about life. It was incredible. It just the love changed those people. You know, so often we say, how are you doing? We could care less right. how you're doing. Mm-hmm. But when you come up and you say, how are you? How are you doing? I mean, you mean it from your heart. You care. You stick around long enough to find out. Oh, Holy yeah. Spirit gets in the middle of that, and things start happening. Yeah. It's incredible. So when I left there, it actually made me cry because I realized, oh, Lord, this is what you mean, just to care, just just to care. You know, genuinely care. You know, and, and as I'm hearing you talk, John, what the word keeps popping up to me is relationship. Yes. Yes. Being in relationship. Uh, to the people that you're ministering to is is so important. I think, you know, we've we've encountered so many people who have said, you know, I've, I've had these Christians come through, and, and a lot of them have been in parks, and I'll pray for you, right, I'll never see you again, go away. Or come to my church, right, eh, bye. Right. But, but few have ever really felt cared for legitimately. And that, as you said, takes time. And I think uh, part of that relationship is a commitment to... Uh, staying with the stuff, and, and as our friend Ross Riles yes. often says, mm-hmm. and committing to a long-term presence in the lives of the people that you're ministering to. Is that important? It's, that, it's necessary if you mm-hmm. want to have success. And by that I mean, you know, the Lord to have su- success, to have time to nurture them and mature them and give them at least a foundation to stand on, you know, um, Commitment, your commitment, well, it is. Uh, your, you, when, baptism is a, an outward show of the inward commitment That's right. to the Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's a relationship. And you're, in all relationships, they work as well as you're committed to have them work. 
I often teach in the jail because uh, I only get to see most of them for about three months at a time because they rotate through. Uh, but I tell them, I said, now this is a commitment. I said, in any relationship, how long does it really take to know a person? How long do you have to be with them? Uh, for the most part, most of them say three years. And I say, okay, you need to make the commitment to allow God to be number one in your life, to seek him. Jesus refers to you as your bride. Mm. Wow. Like a marriage relationship he wants to have with you. You make that kind of commitment that your relationship with the Lord is the most important thing in your life for three years through thick and thin. Your, your life will never be the same. It won't even take three years, to be honest with you, in my opinion. But if they are willing to make that commitment to that relationship, all too many people quit before they even get to know the Lord. And loving God took me a while. It, it, I just didn't know how, but he, he, he has proven he is so reliable. So uh, he's always there. I mean, it's just incredible looking back. Uh, he proves himself over and over and over as long as you're obedient to his word and, and to the desires that you put in, that he puts in your heart. That's it. He puts that desire in your heart. Yes. He touches your heart, and he, it's his love that just opens up your heart to allow you to love him more. And, John, you mentioned the other day uh, about, I think, 30-something people opening up their lives to the Lord and that spiritual thrill that it gave you. Speak to that for, oh, for in, just... Oh, in the jails? Yes. Oh, yes. last week. Oh, it my was goodness. wonderful. Oh. Um, I... The Lord really likes to use me in, in chaplaincy in, in the jails. It's just fun to be a part of it. it I, I just show up. Holy Spirit and the Lord does the rest. It's wonderful. But I had last last week, uh, 18 men gave their lives to the Lord and 20 women in the jail. And it's usually somewhere I've taken averages. It's never less than six a week and usually averages 16. There is such a tremendous demand for chaplains in our jails and in our prisons. Uh, and every one of them, almost across the board, thanks God that they were arrested because they realize God was giving them an opportunity, taking them to a place where they could hear his voice and receive and answer that call. It's Amen. just amazing to be a part of it. Amen. Well, you know, the Christian group Jars of Clay... Uh, told what it was like from the heart, opening up to Jesus in their song called I Need You here on Lighthouse Live.
on Lighthouse Live with Pastor Mike Elaine and Pastor John Sanders. So glad you're here with Rolling Thunder Ministries in Beardbrook Park, Modesto, California. And I think uh, we'd like for you to unwrap what a, a Sunday looks like for us in the park, John, if you would. Okay, I will. And I do want to come back to the Matthew 22 oh, as yes, well. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, Lord just laid that on my heart to speak about oh, please, that. please, yes. Um, Sunday in the park. Well, <laughs> I have... I suppose every pastor says I have the greatest church, you know, in the world. But but I, I know I do. Good for you. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I'm kidding. I I, no, I do. I love that church. I can. I just. I I will stay there forever. I mean, Lord, who knows what He's going to do in the future? But oh, what joy I have going and ministering to these people! It's just it's wonderful. The people. Now let's talk about that just a little. Most of them are homeless. Uh, or poor. Some are homeless, some are houseless. Mm. There's a difference, and I can discuss that if you want. But um, of homeless people, regardless of the cause, 25% of all homeless people across America are veterans of our armed services. Mm. Uh, and their homelessness is a result of maybe many little things or one big thing that happened during their service. I, I you know, I don't have specifics all i know is 25 percent of all homeless people across america are homeless because of some result something that happened during their service time uh 33 30 30 or 33 percent of all homeless people are homeless because in in their their mental capacity something's lacking or or limited uh, for, for whether from birth or from life, uh, they just can't function anymore in society. Uh, and you find, in my experience, in, in being in the parks for well, six years, uh, I, the, the, the drugs and the alcohol percent, those are the least of all the people that I have been exposed to in in the homeless people, you know, the population. That's interesting. They are the least. Now, there are those who have been injured. If you're injured uh, in an act, if you're hurt in an accident, whether on the job or in your car, um, fighting courts takes a long time. Well, most people are three or four weeks from being homeless anyway. I mean, you know, I mean, we're, 
it, we don't have six, 12 months saved up. So they end up situationally homeless. Well, they're hurting and they will get hooked on drugs. I, I've seen that to, to, but they're not doing it for the, the high. They're in great pain, but they can't receive medical attention. It's an escape or medicating. Themselves. Well, well, no, for pain, if you have real physical pain and you can't get to a doctor, <laughs> you're going to use what you can get. I see what you're saying. Okay. And, and you can get anything you want. So truly they are self-medicating for yes. those reasons. for pain. Okay. And you do have those who make uh, decisions in their life that are wrong decisions, mm-hmm. you know, and they end up, the result is homelessness. Mm-hmm. There is that. And they, we do have the drug addicts who their addiction takes them, you know, to an inability to work or want to work or, you know, excuse me, they lose their self-will mm-hmm. and they live on the will of drugs, mm-hmm. which is... They do anything. I mean, you know, you know what I mean. You lose your sure. your will. Mm-hmm. So the people, most of them, like I said, well, you can say fifty eight percent are either uh, um, had been in the armed service or have mental issues that they just simply can't function and hold down a job. They would like to, but they can't. Uh, and then, of course, you have the mirror of the rest. But of those that come to the ch- church, there are many. Um, and they sit off, you see them sitting off around the edges of the park. But the Lord's blessed us with a sound system now that you can't hide from his word. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he has. Oh, yeah. So no matter how far they stay, mm-hmm. some of them come because they're hungry. You know, they're, they're just hungry. Uh, but, and they'll try to stay away from the word because they don't want to hear it. They don't want to have, they don't want to face their issues. They don't want to face the fact that, ooh, I need to repent. I need, you know, I can remember being in that place. In life, I did not want to hear about God because immediately I knew I had junk in my trunk and it had to be taken care of. <laughs> you know, didn't want to go there. <laughs> so, but they slowly come in. I've seen them. They slowly work into where they come in and accept the Lord, and and truly allow God. See, they they don't have the things that society has to interrupt them or be t- between them and God. Um, they, well, they're homeless. They have. Very few belongings. I mean, they don't have soccer practice to go to. They don't have all these interruptions. Uh, so when they come to God, it's it's there's very little between them and the Lord to to keep them from them or to to distract mm-hmm. them. And we see true conversions. It's it's an amazing thing. I was talking to you off the radio uh, earlier about the last several months. We probably averaged ten per month that get off the streets they get jobs housing cars Amen. Uh, and those are the ones that truly surrender to god and say you know what you can have all of my life not a part praise the lord and they come and and there we do a lot of deliverance mm-hmm. of alcohol drugs mm-hmm. um and diseases <clears throat> infirmities i watched a man's hip grow out one day mm-hmm. that was blown away in vietnam um seen many many miracles down there uh the fishes and loaves there have been several times mm-hmm just amazing to be to be a part of that when you're so close to god because there's nothing there's no distraction i don't have to leave here because i have some place to go they say they hang out and have fellowship we discuss that but um, relationships and fellowships yes but yeah. but it's a wonderful church i i uh you'll be know, we talking about loving your neighbors yourself these people their life is in a backpack mm-hmm. everything they are or have is <clears throat> can be peri- carried in that backpack over and over again, I have seen someone come and their pants be messed up or ripped or whatever shirt. And they'll willingly and gladly 
open their backpacks and share. Now, they may only have two pairs of Levi's. So when I see them, and they do it with joy, mm. that they can give to their brother a pair of pants because he needs it. Yeah. You know, they just gave away half their wardrobe. <clears throat> now, I love the Lord, but I would hope that I would have that much joy if a man had need, I would be willing to oh, empty half my closet. You literally mm. give because, the shirt off your back to someone. They, they do. They yes. do, and I see it all the time. Mm. All the time. They really do take care of each other, those that come to the church. it's uh, When I first started the ministry, it was a hold-your-nose ministry because they were urine-soaked. They were uh, just had no hope. They had uh, no self-pride or... or just no will to even try to keep themselves clean, the most basic thing of cleanliness. Now the only ones that have those issues are the very new people that come. God has just cleaned them up inside and out, you know. Amazing, John. I, Amazing. Amazing so grace. It is. Amazing it is. Grace. It is. And it's awesome to see them worship with true worship. They know who God is. There, there's no, I mean, they know. They know where they've been. They've been to hell, mm. many of them. Try being homeless and sleep out mm. with crazy people running around you, basically, the drug addicts, the alcoholics. You know, uh, they often get beat <coughs> at night with bats and different things. And, you know, it, it uh, that's not unusual, you know. Uh, so they have seen the worst of society. Uh, and when they come to, to the Lord and receive Jesus... Their conversion is 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 it's just wonderful to see because their continence changes. Mm. Mm-hmm. You, you, truly, Absolutely. truly. Yeah. There are times when a, people will come up. About three weeks ago, a young man he goes, "I want to get that junk out of me." He had just re- re- received Jesus as his Lord. He, he asked, you know, went through the salvation prayer, and uh, he came up afterward. And he says, Pastor, I, I want to get this junk out of me. I said, well, what junk? He goes, it's in my head and in my body. And I go, well, what junk? And he goes, these addictions that I have. Mm. So I laid hands on him and God delivered him. You should see this young man. He, he, his eyes, they were just, it was Christ-like. I mean, he was just cleansed. It was just an amazing deliverance. We get to see this a lot in the park, you know. And it's just it, his tongue, his speech was clear. Everything. He was he was truly delivered. He he was truly delivered, this young man. So what do we a typical day is part of that, you know. It is. We get together again very early uh, from 9 to 11, fellowship, softball, baseball, volleyball. Then from... Oh, 11 till Holy Spirit's done. We have service, worship and service, and then lunch after and fellowship after that. That's a, 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 a typical Sunday with lots of prayer, laying on of hands, watching God change lives. It's, to me, the, the greatest joy is, is just watching the Lord work. I mean, it's, to me, well, they are miracles, some of them. It's miraculous to see the changes and to see Holy Spirit and to feel his presence and to watch him heal and deliver people. It's an amazing, an amazing thing just to be a part of. I encourage anyone who has a desire for ministry, go. And the more you do and the more you put yourself out there for ministry, the more God meets your needs to meet the ministry. 
it's I used to pray for a lot at first to, when I would get asked to speak or teach somewhere. Once I got fully into ministry, I just, Lord, what do you want to talk about? Boom, I get the word. I get, I get, then I go study. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, if you want to get close to God, just get out there and ministry because he will meet the needs. It's not about you. Sure. You know, he will give you what they need, not what you need. He's <laughs> called you, anointed you, and blessed you. Rolling Thunder Ministries, John Sanders, and we've got lots more with you, and we'll be back right after this. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39, to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about AVC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and AVC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. AVC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. Well, it works. And I, I, I believe that as in our companies, as being uh, formerly a businessman in, in, in Stanislaus County and, and uh, other counties in the state as, as, as well, that uh, our companies were only as, as successful as our weakest link. And I believe that to be the same case in our communities and in our cities, that we can only be as much as we're going to be based upon the capacity and the ability of others to participate at an increased level and quality of, of life. 
You know, some of us can do, donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing vibrant communities, faith in action, pure, simple, proven effective, carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live, Pastor Mike, Elaine, and Pastor John Sanders. And uh, we just ended the little promo there with loving our neighbors as ourselves. And you were talking about Matthew 22 a little bit earlier, John. You want to get back to that and kind of wrap that up for us? Yes, I do. Uh, it's it's all part of why I came into the ministry in the park, really. It, it, it's all associated with Matthew 22, mm -hmm. uh, 37 through 40. Um, when I read that shortly after I came back to the Lord, I read that and realized how much weight it carried. Those are the two greatest things that I could do. And to not do them had, uh, there was consequences. And, and not that I would lose salvation. I didn't believe that. But uh, I wouldn't receive all that God wanted to give me mm -hmm. if I didn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I knew that much. Uh, I'm... I am often accused of being full of joy all the time. Yeah, well, I've met a lot. I, I think so. Yeah. And, <laughs> and my joy comes from obedience, and I can mm. explain that. But it, and I think that's for everyone. That's for the but uh, <laughs> uh, when I read those, I realized, okay, I got to do something about it. And I did. I have shared about you know. I told God just straight up, I don't know how to love you. And then my loving my neighbors myself started in the gas station. Uh, and it grew, it grew from there. It just, it just started to grow. I, uh, I was committed to allowing the Lord to not just be the Lord, be to allow him to be my Lord, mm. different thing, different, different, uh, I'm no longer in charge of this house. He is meaning, you know, myself, my life. Um, so well, let's continue on even with Matthew uh, 22, 37 through 40. At the end of that, it says, you know, that, that you know, love, beside loving God with all your heart, all your soul, you got to look this up. It's huge. It's, it's everything that you are in every way that you are, your intellect, your, your everything. Your you whole know, being. Your whole being and all that you are, mm. both natural and spirit and mm. all that you are. Um, and then you shall love your neighbor or shalt love your neighbor as yourself. Below that, it says, on these two hang all the pro the prophets and the law. Yeah. You know, all the things that the Mosaic law, all the things the prophets came up with throughout the years. And a person can be doing many, many wonderful things and a wonderful person. Uh, but Jesus said, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy and deliver and heal and all this in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I, I never knew you. 
well, Aiden Paul mentioned, I can do all kinds of wonderful things, but if I don't do it in love, if I don't have love, it means nothing. Yeah. Well, verse 40, on these two hang all the law and the prophets. You can do all kinds of wonderful, great things, but if you don't do it with love for God and love for your fellow man, they don't mean anything. And I, I liken that to let's take a string with a weight on the bottom and at the top, you hang a flag, a little paper. It says, love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. Then you put, love your neighbors yourself. And then you put, I feed the homeless. Then you put, I help drive people around to a doctor's appointment. All these, I'm, a, I'm an usher. I'm a, all these things that you can do. And if you don't do it with love for the Lord and love for your fellow man, take a scissors right underneath mm. the first two commandments and just cut it because mm. they mean nothing. Mm. And we can they do that nothing. sometimes out of rote. Yes. You know, yes. We, we do it because that's the thing to do. Yes. And, and and it's the same dynamic there. You need to snip that because our motives aren't quite aligned with what God had in mind there. And I think one, one of the things, too, we do, John, is, is we separate, uh, we compartmentalize uh, loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind and, and uh, spirit and, and loving our neighbors as our... So we tend to separate those two. They're actually the same thing. Oh, yeah. Because if we're yeah. loving our neighbors as ours, we're loving God. Oh, amen. If we're loving God, then we're loving our I amen. mean, th th those are interlinked, aren't they? they, they One happens with the other. Yeah, it's just. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you are absolutely correct. But when I, as I pursued this to know God, to have a better relationship, and pursued to, to understand what his love is and what it meant, and how to apply that into my life and, and to others' lives, uh, I started to change. I, I, I personally started to change. My desires changed. My things that I wanted to do changed. Uh, you know, the Lord said, no greater love hath any man to lay his life down for another. And I, yes, I, when right. I read that, I go, okay. Mm -hmm. I would rather give up riding the Harleys and going fishing and doing that to minister to your children, Father. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, yeah, I'm giving, giving up the things of this world, if you will, for for the Lord, because I love him and I love my neighbor. And I have found that every need for the ministry and myself personally has been met. As I told you before, when I started off, I was in a bad car accident. Mm -hmm. For 18 months, the Lord saw that I had income. My rent was always paid. Yes. Yes. Uh, the ministry kept going. And when I went to the bank, I was so excited I was going broke. Went to my neighbor's house. I said, Adrian, 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 I'm going broke because I've been praying to God for a full-time job to work for him. Yeah. And I'm almost broke. And I go, Adrian, I'm, I was all excited. I went over there. I'm almost broke. This was on a, a Friday night. So I went Monday morning to find out just how long I had because I figured, okay, I got about one more month's rent. I knew that. And maybe two weeks after that for food or whatever. And I was dead broke, all excited. Well, I go to the bank. And I asked for just a, a, a balance, and they, she prints it out and hands it to me. And I look at that, and I go, there was $7,000 more in there than there should have been. Whoa. And I go, this isn't right. I have to tell her this isn't right. And the Holy Spirit said, shut up. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm in charge here. I'm in charge. So, so I left. That told me two things. One, I wasn't ready for full-time ministry. And two, he was going to take care of me until I was. So God will meet all of your needs when you meet Amen. his requirements Amen. of loving him and loving your neighbor. And, John, Amen in serving others, you're loving the Lord.
Oh, amen. In serving amen. others. Uh, it's just a, a, a profound way that God's economy works, I think. You're, the, it, it's a radical reliance on God yes, yes. for everything. And, uh, you know, we, we we can get so much stuff in the way of that. And, and uh, you know, God becomes an afterthought in our day yes, yeah, after yes. the soccer game or whatever. And and I believe, you know, that, that God has given us things to enjoy without a doubt. Oh, absolutely. You know, he has given absolutely. us things to in, enjoy, but when they take his place is, is when we kind of get things. Thou shalt have no other gods before Amen. me. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Yeah. that. Well, John, we are bumping the clock, and I'm sad right. to say we're almost out of time. Well, but Precious friend, uh, can you give us uh, some last-minute thoughts and maybe some ways that we can pray for you and Rolling Thunder Ministries in Beardbrook Park? Well, I just pray that the Lord continues to send His Spirit into that park to bring deliverance and healing, to set those free. They're captive in so many ways, spiritually and naturally, they're held captive. So we need your prayer. I know that God will provide for our needs. But, and pray for workers to come into the field. We, we need more in, in the parks and in the jails. And I would pray, yeah, those would be the things I would ask. Very quickly, contact information. I know you have a telephone number. Uh, my home phone, which is fine, five, area code 209-522-1225. Thank you so much for listening, wherever you are. Have a great week. May God bless you. Join us again next week. We have a very special group of people. ABC volunteers next week join us all about giving rights to dialysis appointments and medical appointments. Join us next week. Thanks for listening.